Hello, this is Tiara. Hello, this is Allie. And this is the Goddess Vibration. Welcome back to another episode. So we noticed that you guys really loved the Fall of the Masculine episodes that we did, uh, episode one and two. And by the way, if you haven't listened to those, please do, because it dives into detail about what's going on with masculines in our society. And we have our theories as to why we're seeing this decline in the masculine and in the male. Um, And it's very interesting stuff. So definitely go check those out if you haven't. But since you guys love that topic so much, we're going to explore this a little deeper, but we're going to bring into the fold the feminine energy because... As some of you are probably aware, the masculine and the feminine energies do exist in a delicate balance in the universe, and we see that manifested in many different ways. We also see that um, what happens when those energies get out of alignment, not only within ourselves, but also in our society and within each other. So we're going to explore just a little bit of this. Um, because I think there's just so much here that we could dive into and so much information that we could look at that could really be helpful to you guys who are navigating your own relationships. And your own energy. Right. And your own energy. Because as I mentioned, you know, those energies do exist within us. Uh, And don't worry, we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means and what that looks like. Um, But first, I, I don't know if you... Okay, I'm sure plenty of you guys are probably on Instagram. But there is this guy that I follow. I actually have been following him for a couple of years now. And it's so funny because I started following him when I was dealing with my own masculine. Because I was like, I just, I need help. Someone just, I just show me the way. Point me in a fucking direction. I don't care. So I found this guy and his name is Jake Woodard. And he actually is a divine masculine who helps people balance the masculine and feminine polarities Um, and it looks like most of what he does is within the context of an intimate relationship so his whole thing is helping men discover the masculine edge and enhance their relationship with women but it's so funny because when he posts like topics and he you know posts his perspectives 99.9 percent of the comments are from women and they're all triggered so (laughs) i know that this guy knows his stuff and he's touching on something that I think a lot of people need to hear, even if they don't want to hear it, or even if it is really triggering. Um, So one of his posts talks about how, and I'm sure some of you guys can relate to this, how if a man isn't in his masculine energy and is instead sitting in his feminine energy, that it forces the woman to step into her masculine to compensate. And I have actually seen this dynamic in relationships and people, you know, that I know, family, friends, I, I do see this dynamic a lot. Um, and it's, it's an imbalance in the polarities and it's not healthy. Um, so that was just one example. And like the comments on that were just all over the freaking place. Some women were offended. Someone were like, gosh, I wish I would have known this information sooner. Some women called him names. Like it was just all over the gambit. Um, but everything he's ever posted has always, always resonated with me to the point where I think at some point I sent, <laughs> I sent his uh, bio to my divine masculine. And, you know, of course, he ignored it. But it was just <laughs> it was just like, you know, I was out there looking for some information and this guy popped up and I've been following him ever since. Please do check him out if you guys are on Instagram um, or he has a website, too. His name is Jake Woodard. You can Google him. But he's got fantastic information when it comes to navigating the space and is a great resource if you're wanting additional help. I don't spend much time on Instagram, but I do spend time on TikTok and he is on TikTok too. But I definitely think that there's a need for this topic, which is why we talked about the fall of the masculines and why we want to explore it more because this energy, the feminine masculine energy exists within all of us, but it also exists within every person and everything. And so it really is, what's the word I'm looking for? Interfering with the dynamics and the relationships that we are building in everyday life. And I think that it's important to educate ourselves and to educate everyone on this because 
I'm sure everyone that I know wants to be in a healthy relationship. And so many and so many relationships are just not there. People are in these wounded relationships. People are in relationships for wrong reasons. People stay in relationships because of limiting beliefs of not wanting to fail or maybe it's a religion belief or maybe it's a I don't want to be alone. Like people have this really deep complex of failure and being alone. And so they stay in the wrong relationships and it's not serving you and it's not serving really anybody. I have seen so many relationships where people are both, the male and the female are both completely miserable, but they stay in it because they're taught by our society that a failed marriage is bad and something you want to avoid at all costs. And, you know, they, when they got married, they took a vow and that vow is that you stick it out through thick and thin, regardless, whenever, for whatever reason. And I feel like a lot of people think that means that they need to stay miserable in these contractual relationships. And I'm just like, you know, that's not how to live. That's not a way to live. Um, that's just my opinion on it. You know, obviously, if you're in a similar dynamic, it's up to you completely what you're going to do. In my personal and humble opinion, I don't think that a marriage should be spared just because ending it is deemed a failure. Again, in my opinion. And they're very narrow-minded views when it comes to vows. Like I understand wanting to honor those vows and uphold those vows. I find that admirable, but not at the expense of your own personal well-being and mental health. Well, sure. And then, you know, depending on your mindset, you might think, oh, well, maybe I can fix this. Maybe we can fix this. We should do whatever we can to fix this. And so you see these relationships where they're in counseling like forever (laughs) because they don't want the relationship to fail or end. But again, no one's really happy. It's just uh, I see it so much and it's just it's really unfortunate. And, you know, obviously people are going to do what they want to do. It's just, again, just some of the things that I have seen when it comes to witnessing some of these dynamics. Oh, I've seen it too. So we're over here talking about masculine energy and feminine energy. And I don't know, I think we did in maybe one of our prior episodes talk about what exactly that is, but we're going to break it down in this episode for sure. So that moving forward, when we say feminine energy or masculine energy, you know exactly what that means. So in the last episodes, we focused very, very heavily on the masculine energy I'm just going to share some examples of what traits are indicative of the masculine. Um, And we're talking about um, energy that is like very projective and it's very active and it's very giving. And so when you think of the masculine essence, the traits that you're going to want to start thinking about are things like being in charge, taking charge, taking the lead, being active, uh, proactive. Um, giving, being expansive, um, confident, focused, logical, analytical. Um, now, Com- competitive. Oh, sorry, competitive. Well, I was just, yeah, very competitive. That is all masculine energy. It is. And obviously, these traits exist on a sliding scale, right? So you have, when those traits are balanced, you have, you know, those specific traits that exist in a positive, healthy way. Once you start getting into like the wounded energies or the wounded masculine, that's when you start to see things like dominance, aggression, control, an abuse of power, being confrontational, overanalytical, manipulative, manipulative, um, avoidance, abusive. So when we start talking about, you know, these masculine and feminine energies keep in mind that the traits within them exist on a scale from a scale I'm sorry from healthy to wounded so I'm going to shift over to the feminine and describe some of the traits that are indicative of feminine energy this includes things like being receptive um, understanding intuitive inward um, contractive passive nurturing tender Um, creative. Now, once you start shifting into the wounded feminine, that's when you start to see things like 
um, powerlessness, weakness, neediness. Um, I have seen wounded feminines where they use their sexuality um, to their advantage to manipulate men, um, oversensitivity, over-emotional. So again, same thing with the feminine essence. You're going to hear traits that are um, balanced and healthy, and then within that, those traits can shift towards being wounded. What energies... What energy is, well, which unhealthy energy is the victim mentality? That's feminine. Okay. That's what I Vic- thought. But Victimhood, I- victimness, feeling like yeah. the victim. Yeah, that's feminine. It's a wounded feminine energy. I see a lot of that. That's why I wanted to ask. Absolutely. That's very common in our society. For whatever reason, our society likes victimhood. Everyone's a fucking victim. I don't know why. And it's like this <laughs> this competition between, oh, who's the worst victim? Like, you know, is it the gays? Is it the trans? Is it the blacks? Is it the Jews? Like, it's just like, come on, you guys. Can we focus on something else? Is this? Sorry, I just had that little rant. <laughs> it's completely, completely off topic. Um, so... And the the was it fall of the mask decline of the masculines, and the decline of the masculines episodes we talked about our th- theories for why we're seeing the decline and fall of the male in our society, and I am of actually I'm at this point one hundred percent convinced that it is because the masculine energy in our society amongst men has shifted into a wounded state. Um, and we're seeing the feminine step into that masculine to compensate. So think of something like, um, okay, I'm not trying to rip apart the feminist movement, but everything exists in a scale, right? So I think that there are some components of the feminist movement that have led women to think that they need to lead, take control, dominate, be in charge, um, I feel like some women have been misled into thinking that they need to be in their masculine. Um, And I think we're starting to see the detrimental effects of that mindset, not only on relationships, but also in our society in general. Well, the feminist movement is a very interesting that's an it interesting so, topic i mean it really is we should and actually really dive into that in an episode because i mean i briefly touched on why i think the feminist movement became a thing but if we want to go deeper into that i think it's also because the government realized that it was the government realized that 50 percent of the population they weren't collecting taxes from do you have any idea how much money can be made with getting the other half of the population out there in the working space? So you also have to think about like where, you know, these the, the leaders of the world are, yes, they're corrupt. I'm not going to ever say that they're not, but I, they're also not stupid. If I was looking yeah. at like, if I was looking at the population as a whole and being like, there are all these abled bodies who we could be taxing and making money from. Like, why are we not pushing them out into the workforce? And so you have to think about like where it stems from, plus all the wars, sending men to war, you know, keeping companies running. It just kind of is this running machine of, you know, how to keep economies alive, but also make sure that they're collecting that money. Wait, so you think it's a conspiracy theory? Absolutely. Oh, that's juicy. I didn't even consider that that was a total conspiracy theory. Like, I know you've mentioned that before, but like, I didn't put two and two together. Like, oh, total conspiracy. But it makes sense. Yeah. And now, but now, but here's the other problem, though. If you, <laughs> they, they might have done their jobs a little too well because they've programmed us oh, so yes. well. Right. Right. So now so now they're kind of backtracking being like, 
we need all these women to have more babies. Like right. we're seeing population decline. And so right. there's consequences. This, right. There, there's no balance there. So we're seeing the effects of all, all of this. Well, it's really interesting because for so long, um, and again, I do think this came from the feminist movement, women have been told that you can have it all. You know, you can have everything. You can have that corporate job, that nine to five. You can make that big income. You can get married and you can have a baby and you can have a house and take care of the household too. And, you know, just make sure that you take care of yourself too. Make sure that you're staying healthy and active and fit and pretty for your husband. And so many women are so fucking burned out from that and oh, yeah. have started to push away from that and turn away from that. And so that's why we're seeing things like women rejecting motherhood and rejecting marriage because some women think marriage is a trap now. And I'm just like, you know, we're seeing the consequences of that push um, as we attempt to readjust and readapt and find balance. Cause no, we don't know where that balance is. Honestly, like, all of us are just like, okay, we know what we're doing is wrong. We need to step back from it. But where is the balance? Who knows? I don't know. The men aren't stepping up. The women are like at a loss. It's just, it's a mess out there, you guys. <laughs> and for those of you guys who are dating right now, I am so sorry. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the TikToks lately where you see men and women in a studio together having these conversations yeah. on where is the, where is the benefit? Where is the benefit of marriage? Right. Right. Everyone's asking that men yeah. and women are asking that. And I've seen TikToks, TikToks that are like, um, you know, I laugh, but it's, it's not funny where it's like a woman is stepping into a dress or she's trying on a ring and every time she puts the ring on she sees herself like drudging away or doing laundry <laughs> or vacuuming <laughs> or cooking and then she pulls the ring off and then like throws it and walks away <laughs> and I'm just like you know what I can't be mad at that like I, I get it you know it is a lot to have to do that and also have to work full time um and now we're getting to a place where it's like okay we need to pick and choose because this is doing all of this is too much for us now I know it was for me, like, and um, I got so burned out trying to do all that. And I didn't even have kids. Like, I can't even fathom having kids on top of that. So, like, I get why women are, you know, stepping back and taking pause. Um, and men are, too. Men are, too, in their own ways, particularly when it comes to their role in relationships, because a lot of them don't know. Um, and I have noticed, and I saw this on a couple of message boards that apparently men aren't approaching women like they used to. Like back in the day where a guy would like ask you out or like ask for your number. Men aren't doing that anymore. No, it's all digital now. Everything's online. If you want to meet someone, you got to meet them online now. Right. But that just, it just feels so. It's impersonal. It is. And I don't know. I just, I feel like that's not how things should be done. In my humble opinion, it's just, I don't know. Right. But this backwards. is. I know, but the, it is backwards, which is why we're seeing things like inclusion and isolation and loneliness, depression, and people don't even know how to socialize anymore. Like last year, I saw that a country was paying people from the age of like 21 to like 40 to just leave their house. Like, I think they pay you like $500 a week to just to get out of your house and go do something and socialize. Like that is how desperate the fact that a government had to offer its own citizens that should be a very clear sign of where we are at and where we are headed. And no one knows how to fix it. The fact that they have to offer you $500 to try to fix it, $500 a week to try that to fix crazy. it. Crazy is insane. That is. And I mean, that's just one example. So we're also seeing countries that are paying women to have babies because oh, of yeah. the population decline and because women are just like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. Um, I know that in Japan, I, I saw a couple in, uh, documentaries about this. Women have started to like stop dating for one and they have pets and the pets are their babies. And we say that a little bit here and the West too, but I'm talking about like a dog and they dress it up and they prance it around and they show it off and it, well, they put it in a stroller 
it's like that's that's and they don't date and that's what they do and they're happy and that's what they want and i'm just like wow all right that is i guess where we're all headed so when it comes to the context of a relationship um particularly when we're talking about masculine and feminine feminine energies within yourself now that you know what some of those traits are, you should be able to get a sense of if you as a person or as a woman, since I know mostly women listen to this podcast, are operating from your masculine energy or if you're operating from your feminine energy. And if so, if you're operating from a wounded space, because I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of women, including myself at some point, are operating from their masculine space because that's what they've been programmed to do and if you're doing that that's okay we've we've all done it at some point but it's going to be necessary for you to look at yourself and look at that and really establish if that's where you want to stay permanently because i can tell you right now that the longer you stay in that masculine energy the more likely you are to burn out and we talked about burnout in another episode it is not pretty and it's it not. takes a long time to recover from. Years. Fully. Fully recover takes years. And no oh one has God. that luxury. No one has that luxury. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to use myself as an example because I'm actually creating a program around this. I'm creating a program around burnout and helping women escape that and heal. Um, but at one point... so. My personality type has always been like the go-getter, the type A, like, you know, I'm the badass. I'm going to get that six-figure job. If I need to steal your job, I'm going to do it because I already know I'm more capable than you. Don't test me. Don't challenge me. Um, I was always in that energetic space. And I think at some point I wanted to work in, yeah, I did. I wanted to work in public relations and I wanted to work at a firm, which by the way, if any of you guys work in that space, not only is it incredibly demanding and competitive, but you're on the clock 24 hours a day, like seven days a week. You don't get breaks. Like you're always working. And for some reason, I was like, oh, yeah, I can rock that shit and be like <laughs> the account manager in six months. <laughs> um, I was pursuing that and I didn't quite get there. I, de I decided to go into government communications um, just because... You know, now that I look back, I don't know why I chose that. I think it's just because that's just where my life ended up taking me. Um, I worked in government communications, but, you know, I was such a badass that I was like, oh, OK, well, I got this going. But you know what? I can be a bodybuilder on top of this and like go pro and like win some medals and trophies. So, you know what? Let me just do that since I'm that capable. So I did that, which means that I had to be in the gym every single day, two hours a day in the morning before work. Um, because I was competing, that means that I had to make sure my meals were prepped. So I was prepping meals on the weekends, getting ready for my week and my 10 plus hours of gym time. And then I was also trying to manage my career. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm here in this position. How can I get higher? How can I get better? Maybe I need to go back to school. <laughs> um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm such a badass. Let me, let me train for a 5k too, because... <laughs> I just, I'm that awesome. You know what? I, I, I'm in charge. Um, then come like 2019, my body started falling apart on me and I didn't know why. Now, the thing about bodybuilding is if you're competing, like you have to be losing weight. Like you have to be like slimming down. And that process in and of itself is very stressful on the body. Um, so in addition to working full time, I was doing that. And then when my body stopped responding to the weight loss, I was like, okay, something's not right. Maybe I need to double down, which is just like the worst possible decision. But anyway, <laughs> that's where I was mentally. So I doubled down and then I started to lose energy. And I was just like, something's not right. Something's wrong. I don't know what's going on. I, I just can't figure it out. At this time, I had started a new job. And so I got to this place where I was like, I think I'm going to need to pick between competing and working full time. And I hated that I had to do that because bodybuilding give, gave me a sense of worth. And being on that stage was like the biggest high ever. And I was always chasing that high. Um, 
But I had to make a choice. And eventually I did decide to drop bodybuilding and to drop from a contest that I was preparing for, which was really, really hard for me. But it was a decision I had to make. And essentially it was a decision that was made for me because I was starting to burn out. Um, After that, I developed hormonal issues and some other health issues. I lost my energy. Uh, I ended up seeing like multiple doctors to try to fix it. And till this day, like it's been like almost five years, I still have not fully recovered from that. That's how bad the burnout was. And that's what it did to me. And that's just my example. I know that there are plenty of other examples out there. Um, actually, my sister also burned out in a very similar way. And she was just working. She was working full time. Um, I think she was taking on overtime, but she also had other health issues. And she was very similar go-getter mindset, go-getter attitude. I think she was trying to promote and like do more. And eventually the decision was made for her as her body started to fail and she burned out and actually is, that was about four years ago, just got into a place where she feels healthy enough to start looking for work again. And okay, so that's two examples of what this can do to you. My third sister Baby sister also burned out, but we're not going to even get into her example because she went to medical nursing school and that was like a whole different thing. But that's essentially what it can do to you. So for you guys who are in those that masculine energy, like I highly recommend you step back, take pause and reevaluate and find a way to figure out not only why you're sitting in that masculine energy, but how you can get back into your feminine essence. Because... That is where happiness and peace and contentment exists is when you're existing in a state that was naturally made for you. Yeah, but what about the people that don't really... It's not that... I believe that people don't not want to be in, like women, want to be in their feminine energy. I feel like women feel like they have no choice. I absolutely understand that. And again, because we've been programmed that we need to have it all and that, you know, we need to do the work that we need to do to get ahead and to survive. Like, I completely understand. I know that there are women out there who are single mothers who have no choice. Right. I was going to say, because it's, it's, it's more than that. It's the fact that the cost of living is outrageous. Oh, it right? is. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. So it's like, that's why we're seeing... Any of you spend any time on TikTok, like you will see these people sitting in their cars crying, saying, I work three jobs. I'm close to burnout. I don't know how to put food on the table. I'm drowning in credit card debt. I'm working in three jobs and I still can't catch up. I'm trying so hard not to use my credit card, but I don't have any choices. So it's like, it's not that people don't want to be in their feminine energy. It's the fact that... Something weird is happening on our planet right now that's forcing people to feel like they don't have any choices and they have nowhere else to turn. Right. But there's always a choice. If there's one thing I have learned on this journey, it's that there is always a choice. You always have a choice. Maybe it's not the one you want. Maybe it's not the one you would ever see yourself doing, but you always have a choice. Now, I understand. And my heart goes out to those people who feel like they're trapped in the grinds because, you know, we've all felt like that at some point. Um, But that doesn't mean you have to overhaul your entire life. You can just start taking baby steps to at least try to get a sense of what do I really need? You know what I mean? Um, What can I do to soften the blow a little bit? You know, do I have friends? Do I have um you know, loved ones who can assist me? Do I have a community that I can reach out to? Is there a support network somewhere? Um, And that goes back to the need for community, which is, that's a whole other topic, man, communities and the need for those communities like we used to have. Um, But you can start taking baby steps, like little things here and there to try to readjust you or at least give you a little bit more of a sense of balance. Again, not needing to overhaul your life completely, but just take steps here and there because that's what I did. I took steps here and there and eventually was able to get to a place where I was able to make a drastic shift because I took those steps initially. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense, but you have to be able to 
be okay with making those changes. And I think that's where a lot of people get very stuck in their own head and they get stubborn about it. Like if you're used to a certain lifestyle or if you're trying to upgrade your lifestyle, it's really hard to go backwards. It's really hard to give up simple pleasures. And it's not always comfortable, but something that I have learned because I also was like this go-getter and I did have a good job and I paid off all my debt and I figured it out and I got stuck in, I, I did get caught up and stuck in the whole like materialistic materialism as success. And I think a lot of people do that. I mean, we're also programmed. It's like, you know, you know, you have been successful when you're married with a white picket fence and the two car garage and, you know, your big house. And so, you know, that's what we all strive for because we think that is success. Hmm. And so at some point I did get to that point where it's like, yeah, I was like affording things. I, my parents were just like, who are you? Because my parents lived a very simple life. Like my parents, like they weren't minimalist, but they lived comfortably and they never lived beyond their means and they never took on debt. Um, I was very fortunate to have grown up in that environment, you know, learning that debt is not the way to go. If you can avoid it, avoid it. But at the same time, you know, credit is very important if you want things like an apartment or if you want a car. So you like they taught me that financial balance at a very young age. So I was very fortunate for that. Mm. But I will say that materialism is just materialism is for other people. It's not for yourself. Right. It's like you want to appear successful to other people. But something that I've learned when I started traveling, because I lived out of a backpack. I backpacked the country, like I backpacked the world for nine years living out of a backpack. And I left so much junk and shit in a storage unit at home that I was like paying to hold on to for years and years and years. And I realized while I was backpacking, I'm surviving from a 20 pound bag, 20 pounds. I'm still alive and I'm healthy. And I was just like, why was I working so hard? And the amount of money that I probably wasted on things like shoes and handbags and clothes when I was just living such a simple life out of a 20 pound bag, it was a lesson I needed and I very much appreciate. Wow. Okay, so this is slightly off topic. You said that you had a 20-pound bag? Yeah, 20 pounds. So I'm getting ready to fly over there to Columbia, and the limits for packing, it it used to be 70 pounds, didn't it? No, it's always been 50. Ah, shit. I could have sworn it was 70 (laughs) at some point. Okay. Well, they have increased the additional bag fee because it's now 100 bucks. For 50 pounds? Yes. That's so stupid. That's so ridiculous. Anyway, sorry. Off topic. I just needed to complain about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I feel for you guys who are struggling and caught up in that grind and dealing with that societal program and that programming that has you feeling stuck and trapped. Um, this is why we're seeing the emergence of things like... Again, I've seen this on TikTok. Uh, It's silly and it's stupid, but it's funny and I I get it. There are women who are looking for millionaires and billionaire boyfriends and husbands so that they can stop the grind. And I get it. Like, I completely understand. You know, if I was a different person, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, (laughs) but women are trying to get back into that feminine essence. And so that's why they're looking for men who can provide because that was the traditional dynamic is that the woman nurtured and the man provided. And that's how nature impended. Um, so I look at that as an attempt for women to find that, um, balance again, to go back to that balance and go back to that natural state that they were intended to be in. 
I also see women, <laughs> mostly black women, they're looking for white guys because, you know, to us black girls, white men have money. So <laughs> there are a bunch of girls that are like doing this thing called hard wig, soft life. And it's silly, but it's so funny. Basically, they're saying that if you're black and you wear a wig, you can attract a white man. So <laughs> there oh are women creating TikToks of themselves wearing these wigs. And they're like, I'm going to go get my white man. And I'm like, you know what, girl? You do that. You do that. <laughs> um, I know it's silly, but it's so funny. That's why I love TikTok. Um, but no, it's again, it's an attempt at women trying to restore that balance. And you know, some people will say, oh, they're just gold diggers. And I'm just like, well, you know, I don't see anything wrong with a man providing for his woman. I mean, if that makes her a gold digger, I guess. But a man providing for his woman is the natural state of the masculine and feminine balance, as far as I understand it. So haters can hate. And, you know, people can disagree with us because, I mean, the feminist movement is strong and I do see the benefit. I do believe that women should have more rights, but everything needs to be balanced and nothing is balanced. Nothing. Absolutely. So in the last episodes, the decline of the masculine, we were talking about how men, because we're seeing the the decline. Is it the fall or the decline? No, it's the fall. Okay, my bad. The fall of the masculines, we were talking about how masculines have sort of shifted into that feminine energy. And I do think that that's from societal programming, too, that has said to men that if you want a woman, you need to be sensitive and you need to be compassionate and you need to be understanding of her needs. And for whatever reason, that's been internalized as, oh, well, I need to be more feminine. And so we're seeing that. Um but it's causing this shift in the dynamic where women have to be the masculine now, and that's its own, you know, issue. Um, so I think there's multiple reasons for why women are stuck in this masculine role. Um, not just societal programming, not just the feminist movement, but also because men have shifted their roles too, and women have felt like they've needed to shift energetically as well. And that's the thing about the masculine and the feminine is that they respond to each other, right? So if the feminine shifts, the masculine's going to shift. If the masculine shifts, the feminine's going to shift. Oftentimes, it only takes one person shifting to shift the entire dynamic of the relationship, which is actually really interesting, but it's true. So that's why we... Well, yeah, that's why we see people like Jake Woodard, who targets either the women, mostly women at this point he targets, and he says to them, like... If you want to have a healthy dynamic with your masculine, you need to release that masculine energy, step into your feminine and allow him to step up because he will as long as the feminine gives him the space to do so. And I just thought that was really fascinating. Okay, that is fascinating, but I don't see men stepping up if they're in their wounded feminine or wounded masculine. True. If a man is in his wounded, if a man is in his wounded feminine and you're a wounded masculine, you have to shift out of your wounded masculine and into a healthy feminine. And he may or may not respond to that. Um, in my case, my masculine didn't really respond to it. So he didn't respond to anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's hit or miss as to whether or not that will happen. I mean, my masculine's more of a, he's a different case because he's got other types of mental health issues. Um, but for most, according to Jake Woodard, you can shift the dynamic in a relationship if the woman, if the feminine shifts or if the masculine shifts. I think in most cases it needs to be the feminine because the masculine responds to the feminine's essence. Um, and he says that in a lot of his posts, which, well, you know, always resonated with me. So I see what you're saying in theory, and I understand the mechanics behind it but i just think too many people men and women are in their wounded masculine or feminine i think Mm -hmm. like i think that is the underlying issue across the board absolutely absolutely um and in those dynamics again if you're like in a codependent connection or if it's toxic obviously nothing's probably going to really shift that um 
he's more or less speaking about people who they want to work it out. They want to be together. Maybe they don't quite know how to fix it. And he suggests things like that, like, you know, holding space for him to step into his masculine, making it safe for him to do so, not attacking him, not putting him down, um, you know, lifting him up, so to speak, which I think is important to do for your masculine. It is important to lift him up and to support him and to praise him as well. Um, And it's so interesting that more women don't do that for their masculines because, and I only know this because again, I've seen TikToks about men talking about this, how they don't really get that same level of praise and support that women get. Um, I don't quite know where that comes from, but I do know it's an interesting phenomenon. And so he says, Jake says like, yeah, like lift your man up because he needs that just as much as you need to be lifted up. Well, okay. So let's look at, the masculine and the feminine real quick. Okay. So let's look at them as human beings. So if a healthy masculine, like is a healthy masculine is supposed to be like the provider, the supporter, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you are expecting your man to be like the provider and the support, and I think this is where this might be getting, I don't know, woven together or intertwined with each other because if, because you're saying that the women should be supporting their man, right? And I, I get that. I, to- I totally agree. But also, if roles were reversed, I think it's the women that want their men to support them. Well, of course. So, right. But I'm just saying, it's like everything that you just said, if people, if both parties are expecting, you know, to be supported in a certain kind of way. And if they're not getting that support, then someone always has to step up. And that's typically going to be the woman. Yes, typically it it is the woman. Um, right. That specific example was about women who tear men down or tear their man down. He's advising okay. not to do that because it maintains the disharmony between the masculine and the feminine. He's saying instead to provide support to the masculine, to lift him, to encourage him. Um, that right. But women, but women also, I'm not saying I'm not condoning that behavior, but I am saying that women eventually get fed up. Right. Oh, yes. If you're doing all those things and holding space for him and trying to support him and lift him up and he's not responding, then yeah, girl, walk. I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying. I'm assuming that Jake has seen these type of dynamics and has suggested that to shift them. Um, And I'm not saying every relationship has that dynamic. That was, again, just one example. And it is one I've actually seen before. And the one that I'm talking about is one that I've lived before. Mm. Of course. Of course. So, yeah, definitely go look at some of his writings and his blog and his work it's it's fascinating stuff and it's stuff that we haven't fully embraced yet again because i just see some of those comments and i'm just like wow girl calm down he's right um (laughs) but a lot of it makes sense it does a lot of it does make sense and i just think that we are in a very we're in a sensitive time and i don't i don't know when people decided to get so sensitive and take everything so personally and take everything so literally but it's like you can't you can't even joke anymore without someone getting offended and people I don't understand why people have I don't know how we got here but it's actually destroying society as a whole because no one feels safe enough to speak freely no one feels safe enough to even crack a joke without someone getting offended or worried that they're going to get sued. And it's just like, I don't know how we got here, but as TR said earlier, like it, it's just a mess out there and I don't know how to fix it. I wish I did know how to fix it because it is exhausting and it's tiring. And we are as a society, as a whole, the whole world, we are in, we are very close to total burnout. And I don't know what's going to happen if and when we get there. Oh my gosh. You were talking about like 
how we can't have simple dialogue. And that's a shame because I want to say for the past couple of years, all you really have to do is have an opinion and you can get canceled regardless of what exactly. the opinion is. That's I'm what like, I'm saying. Cancel culture has just taken over. And that's what I'm saying. It's like if people can't speak freely or have an opinion or, you know, if we're always constantly worried about the other person, then we're never living authentically. And when we don't live authentically, that's when we go into these wounded states, we start to lose ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I've been scared to, you know, express my opinion authentically, but you know, I mostly got over it. I still don't want to get canceled, but you know, I have, we have created this platform and a big part of that was to overcome that fear of authentic expression. Um, so, no, I, I get it. I'm witnessing it. I'm hoping at some point we're going to reject cancel culture. I can see little bits of that happening um, in some spaces, particularly in the com- comedic space and like stand up space where people are just like, you know what? Fuck canceling, canceling me. You want to cancel me? Fine. I'm going to drop this joke anyway. And I'm just like, yes. Um, but we have a long ways to go, like a very long way. And I'm talking about the West, specifically the United States. Uh, yeah, the United States is a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> but we have pretty good fast food. <laughs> you know, for every downside, there's an upside. Yeah, until you learn about, until you see all those TikToks about how all the food is poisoned in the United States. And so really I knew not, you were going to go there. <laughs> until nothing is ever safe. Well, you're the one who brought it up the other night. You were just like, yeah, so the American government's being sued because this certain ingredient, and I don't remember the name of it, like everyone's suing because it causes cancer and it's in all of our food. So I was talking about glyphosate. If you guys don't know what that is, you can Google it. It is a herbicide that is very prolific in the United States. For some reason, it, this specific herbicide is in everything you could possibly buy, which makes no sense. Like, it's an herbicide. Okay. Why is it in my cookies? Like, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, it's fucking everywhere. So there have been a couple lawsuits against Bayer about this because people are getting sick. And they're blaming this specific ingredient, which, by the way, the World Health Organization has deemed a possible carcinogen. So I don't know why the U.S. was like, oh, well, you know, let's put it in everything. (laughs) Okay, That and Red 40, you guys stay away from Red 40. Gosh, if you can. Like at this point, I just like don't try. I'm just like, well, you know, I'm going to get some of this in me anyway. I guess when I move to Columbia, I'll just do a detox. and Maybe I'll still live to, I don't know, C50 if I'm lucky. <laughs> that was very dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, that's what's going on in the U.S. There's just so much going on here. And so many people are just like, uh, what are we going to do with ourselves? Um, one of those things that we can do is sue. So that's what a lot of people are doing. So yeah, the United, don't everyone trying to get to the United States. I don't recommend it. Really don't. No, keep going north to Canada. Like you know, at least they care a little bit. They've got no healthcare. Canada. Canada is a hot mess. You want to stay far away from Canada too. Okay, well, if you're going north, where does that lead? No, you want to come south. Oh, okay. Well, it just seems like a lot of people are like, you know, going that way. No, no. People people are either coming south, like Mexico, Colombia. People are going to like Argentina. Uh, But people are also going east to Portugal. Portugal is a hot little place right now. And then everyone else is trying to get to Eastern Asia. But those are the hot places. So it's like Korea... People would love to be go to Japan, but it's so hard to get into Japan. Um, so most people are headed south, though. But m- south makes sense, right? Because it's like you're in the same time zones as the United States. It's a it's a quick, like, three, four-hour flight. It takes me three and a half hours to get to Miami. So it's like it's far enough away, but it's close enough. It, you're still in the same time zone, so it's easy to communicate. It's still easy to work remotely. So, I mean, once you get to like Korea, you're on like a 14 hour time difference. Like that just makes communicating hard. If you have strong ties to your family in the U S 
Portugal's Portugal's like a five or six hour time difference. So, right. Um, so yeah, there are options. I do know that in South America specifically, apparently that's going to be a safe haven if and when World War Three breaks out. Something about the bombs. I don't know. <laughs> exactly what it is but i just read that south america would be one of the safe havens well yeah but no place is going to be a safe haven if all these solar flares actually happen and knock out telecommunications and electricity can you imagine that happening while world war three breaks out how insane that would be or no i i don't i can't i no no (laughs) my brain can't fathom that my brain can't brain that, as TR likes to say. Yes, my brain can't brain that either. My brain is done braining today. <laughs> anyway, I'm so happy that we talked about this. I, I think there's more to explore here. I would like to get into conspiracies at some point because we love our conspiracies. You know what? I think we should dive right into that feminist conspiracy because that's a juicy one. It is. Yeah. So we're going into the conspiracy direction, you guys, but not before we have a guest appearance, uh, which I should be the episode following this one. We are going to have a special guest, our first special guest, and we are really excited. We're not going to share who that is, but you guys will know, but you got to listen. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to us ramble. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) We do that sometimes. But we do hope that you also have fun and that you find us entertaining at least. Um, We are very excited for our guest and I hope you all have a great week. All right. Happy 2024, you guys. Yes. Happy 2024. All right. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.